All right. Well, if you guys don't know me, my name's Amy Garfield. I'm the Wild Youth Pastor represent. I, all right, all right. <laughs> what was the sign we made at Stockton like? <laughs> Wait, that's backwards. Anyway, um, I told them first service you guys might have to turn off the lights. I'm incredibly sleepy today. I took some Benadryl last night. There we go. Um, I went hiking, and I was like, this sounds like a great idea before I go preach, of course. Um, so I was walking through some tall grass, and I got to my car, and I was like, okay, I don't have any ticks. I'm good. And then I looked at my hands again, and they were so tiny. I pulled off almost 200 of them. So... Took some Benadryl last night, and needless to say, I am still a little tired. So um, I, I tell them in youth, I'm like a hollaback preacher, so I mean that today. It, I, I need like a response to physically keep me awake up here. So, you know, say amen, say that's, that's for him, that's for her, stand up. You know, it's, it's good. You know, we can respond. It's fun. And um, I'm going to start today. We're going to be in Judges chapter 16. And once you get there, you can say, I'm ready. If you're not there, say, hold up. While you're turning there, I got a little fun story here. My dad was uh, looking at my Bible this morning. I got to give him a hard time since he's not here. And he goes, man, you must be getting old. That's a pretty big font. Needless to say... He did not know I snagged his own Bible from him. And so I turned to the beginning, and it says, Kent Garfield. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> I was like, mine's, mine's so big. For some reason, I have this problem preaching and holding it at the same time. So I snagged one of his. So, You know, you got a good Bible when you, you're like, yeah, I can't, I can't preach and hold it at the same time. It's too big. <laughs> Watch out. I know my stuff. All right, well, we're going to be talking, like I said, Judges 16, and if you guys are still getting there, I'm going to tell you guys just a little bit about this. If you're in youth, you've kind of heard this just a little bit, so I'm going to try to mix it up today, Um, but this is what they asked for, so I'm giving the people what they want to hear, so stay awake. It's not an excuse to sleep. So I'm going to talk about Samson, and this is the story of Samson. I think Samson is what you would call a Bible legend, right? He's the guy you learn about since you're like a little kid, the guy with the super strength, long hair. He goes down in history. He is like the guy you know about. Does anyone not know Samson today? It's okay. I wouldn't raise my hand either. It's all right. (laughs) But he goes down to be a legend. And his beginning, before he was ever born, God shows up to his parents and they say, hey, your child He's going to be somebody. Now, why Samson was going to be somebody is the people of God, which is Israelites. We got a couple people. You know what you're talking about. The Israelites were under the rule of the Philistines. Did I say it right? I had nightmares about this. I kept saying steens in youth. Is it steens or steins? Oh, no. You guys got me confused again. I'm going to do this the whole service. So my, my one goal, one more time. Steens. Okay, so if I say Steins, just please don't throw anything at me. So Steens. Okay, so the people of God, the Israelites, are under the oppressive rule of the Philistines. Okay, you guys are going to make it through this service. It's going to be all right. The more you say Steens, the quicker we get out of here. (laughs) Steens. Okay. And so 
Um, this is the Old Testament, right? So Jesus, our Savior, he comes in the New Testament. So this is the person that God was raising up to eventually save us. But before we had a Savior, God would raise up people called deliverers. And so Samson was called to deliver the people of God from the Philistines. And so this was his mandate. This is why he was put on earth. And why this is so interesting is this only happens four times in the Bible. Now, you may have to check me because there was a couple people last service saying Samuel. This also happened to him where his parents showed up, or excuse me, his parents were there and an angel showed up. I'm not familiar with that, so if I'm wrong, show me the scripture. So I know four other people that this happened with. So Samson's one of the four, so I'm going to see how good your Bible knowledge is. So we're going to find out who the other three are. And just to say that one more time, the four people in the Bible where an angel shows up and tells the parents, you're going to have a child. So I heard one. Jesus said, hey, you know your stuff. Always say Jesus in church. It's never wrong. Okay, so we got Jesus and we got Samson. Two more. John the Baptist and Isaac. So that's what I was looking for. Those are the four um, where an angel physically shows up. Now, I think with Samuel, it's his mom's praying and the Lord answers his prayer. So if there's more to that, someone let me know. So... I only got out of Bible college like four years ago, so I'm, I'm still a newbie. It's all right. And so this angel shows up and she says, hey, your child is going to be a deliverer. So this is why this is so important. And there was a little bit that came with this job title, I guess you could say. So we're going to throw up those three things. Not literally throw up. Please don't throw up. See, I'm hyped now. You guys got me going. All right, so these are the three rules that Samson had to be a deliverer. The first one, and this is kind of the vows he had to be a Nazarite, which is the position here. Number one, he could not drink any wine. Number two, he could not touch. Some translations say eat anything dead, but if you're touching it by eating it, it's kind of the same thing. So touch anything dead, and number three, don't go to the Mayberry's barber shop. Don't get him a haircut. Don't take him to Daylight Donuts afterwards. Don't do it. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to my mom. I'm pretty sure she took me to get my haircut at the Mayberry's barber shop when I was a kid. And Nathan's like, I don't know how to do girls hair. <laughs> but he did it anyway. So anyway, they're like, you can't do that. Don't get your haircut. Just don't do it. So before he was ever born, God declared that he would be somebody. All on the same page. Now, we're going to go to the end of his life, because is anyone like me? You don't like a long book. You just like read the beginning, the end. Hey, that's what happened. So the end of his life is found in Hebrews 11. And so he goes down in the Hebrews Hall of Faith. That's what I like to call it. Halla for the Hall of Faith. All right. And so he, he's listed in that chapter as a great man of faith. There's, there's some phenomenal people. If you go through the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, and he made the cut. So he goes down legendary. And so he's a great man of faith. This is Samson. But today, I don't want to talk about the beginning of his life. And I don't really want to talk about the end. I want to talk about the middle. Because I feel like it's the middle of your life that matters most. So we're going to pick up in Judges 3, or excuse me, Judges 16. Don't know what I'm talking about there. 
verse 18. Everybody ready? I don't hear anybody saying hold up. Anybody need a hold? I'll wait for you. Is it anyone? I still hear pages, so. All right. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. Note that it's pretty important. After putting him to sleep on her lap, pause for a minute. Young people, I've told you time and time again, this is why you do not cuddle before you get married. Everybody with me? Don't watch Netflix and fall asleep on their lap. This is why it's bad. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off his seven braids, which is his source of strength, and subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and said, hey, girl, can't touch this. I'll go out as I did before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, and I said first service, this is Beniah Diggs' favorite part in the entire Bible, he told me. Gouged out his eyes, <laughs> that's it right there, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grinding grain in the prison. So if Samson has this just, you know, amazing start where an angel shows up to his parents. They predict his birth, and he has this incredible ending where he goes down to the Hebrews Hall of Faith. Why in the middle of his life is he grinding grain in a prison? You know, I want to ask if God is the Alpha and the Omega, what is God like in the middle of your life? You know, what, what is the middle? Why is the middle important? And so today, my message is called The Miracle in the Middle. And so before we pray here, I'm going to pray as we get started. But just really the idea behind this is your life can have a sensational start. It can have an epic end, but it's the middle that matters most. And so that's what we're going to get into today. So let's pray as we get started, and then we'll jump into this. But Father God, we just welcome you into this place, God. God, we're so uh, just ready and expectant to hear from you. God, I pray that today I just wouldn't say anything of myself, God, but we would just hear what you would want to speak to us, God. I pray that you would just reveal new things to our life. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I got to start with a good story because you guys know I like stories, right? Does anyone like stories? Oh, I got to hear some more feedback on that. Just, just a few people like stories. Everybody else is like, come on, 12 o'clock. Come on, you guys want to have some fun in church? I know it sounded like you were having fun on that first song. Does anyone like stories? Yeah. We'll, we'll work with that. I might need Jojo to tell it then because she tells great stories. Represent. All right. So I want to tell you guys just a little bit about me. The first thing is, like I said, when I was getting started here today. I love hiking. Anybody else? Is anyone a hiking fan? Like you get a backpack and you just head out. Just to prove I'm legit, I don't hike that much, but I do have an Osprey backpack, so I'm at least a good poser. But I love hiking. I don't know what it is about it. I don't really like working out. I go to the gym, but that's just so I can stay fit. But for some reason, 
fit. Yeah, I know. But for some reason, I really like hiking. I don't know what it is about it. It just, it feels like you accomplish so much. Has anyone ever went through like a 10 mile walk with a 40 pound bag on their back? It feels so good. Like in the middle, you're like, Lord, take me. But at the end, you're like, yeah. It's like playing We Are the Champions. It feels good. And so I had unexpectedly went on a hike. Um, just to get started, the beginning, I, I'm a big dreamer. Is anybody else? You hear something, you get really excited about it, and maybe you blow it out of proportion a little bit. But we went on this trip a while back, Sarah and myself. We went to the East Coast. And we were going to this place called Cumberland Island. Has anyone ever heard of it? So going into this, the beginning of my journey, it was supposed to be an island where wild horses roam. And so you get to see the pictures of them. I personally did not Google it because I thought she was saying Cucumber Island the whole time. So it was just, it wasn't, it was just cucumbers. It didn't make any sense. And so I had these like huge expectations. Anybody hear of like a wild island with horses and you immediately think, okay, I'm going to bring the drone. I'm going to go find a wild horse. And just like that movie with like, I don't know, like, what is it? Spirit. I'm going to sneak up behind that horse and I'm going to jump on it. and I'm going to ride it bareback through the ocean. We're going to get some slow-mo shots. I'm going to look like the coolest person on earth. Like I'm going to get an Instagram shot. It's going to be epic. Okay. So that's my idea going into it. Grandma, don't judge me. Don't pretend like you haven't been there. <laughs> I, I know you want to ride wild horses. And so that is my expectation. So we get over, we ride this ferry through the ocean, which I said this first service, it's not really ocean. It's called a canal. So it's not really the ocean. It's man-made. So you take this ferry over there. It's like a 40 minute ride and I have high expectations. So the end of my journey, I end up seeing a bunch of wild horses. I feel so accomplished. It was one of the coolest experiences in my life, guys. All right. It was, it was pretty cool. I can't tell you everything right now, but the middle of my journey, when I didn't do any research, and I walked off the ferry wearing jean shorts and chacos, only to find out that Cumberland Island was about 10 miles long. And you actually had to look for the horses. They weren't just like, hey, I'm a horse. Like, hello, <laughs> come find me. <laughs> and no, you actually had to find them. And so chacos are kind of comfortable. But we take off at the very beginning and we see these horses. We're like two miles in. It's, it's looking good, and we start following them. We follow them for like two miles because we got cameras, and we're like, we're going to actually like see them. So we follow them down to this little area, and it's by the beach, and I don't know what, it, what we were walking through exactly. All I know is it was like a mixture of mud and quicksand, and so the horses are like walking on top of it, but I step in with my Chaco, and like I'm, I'm knee-deep, like I'm walking through this stuff. And so we finally find those horses, and that's all we saw the whole day. And I was like, man, I'm so disappointed. So mile five comes around and we get close to the opposite side of the island is actually the beach part, right? So we're headed that way and we see this trail. There's no maps, obviously, but we see this trail just as we're walking called the parallel trail. We're like, hey, that's probably a shortcut to the beach. 
So in mile five, I decide to embark on the parallel trail, which I now call Satan's parallel trail. It was much longer just because it has the word parallel does not mean it's any faster. Okay, guys. So I'm just like dying in my chacos out there. I'm going quickly. And I just give up on the horse idea. And so you can throw that first picture up there with my hammock. I decided to just chill for a while. I'm like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up on these horse dreams. And I'm going to take a nap because I'm tired. So I get in my hammock. I get ready to take a nap. I fall asleep. And in my sleep, I'm a really light sleeper. And I was kind of freaking out the whole time. Like this horse is going to run into my hammock. And it's going to be a disaster. And I'm going to die. So... Because you could like hear him making sounds. Anyway, so I fall asleep and I'm a light sleeper. I can hear these horse noises as I'm sleeping. And so I vividly have this dream of a horse talking to me. He's like, hey, Amy, come this way. Follow me. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. And so I wake up for some reason. And there's this elderly couple staring at me in my hammock sleeping. (laughs) They're just like, I wish we would have brought that. And I was like, I wish you wouldn't have been watching me nap. (laughs) And so I'm kind of like sleep deprived. I start walking through the island. And now I'm, I'm rounding the end of my journey. It's like mile 10. I'm pretty much giving up on my horse dreams. And finally, as I'm looking for fresh water, I stumble through the, the brush into this area. Next one where it's just me and a wild horse, which I've had this dream in my heart for a while now. I just didn't expect it to be a stallion. Like, it's just me and this horse out there, guys. It sounded like a cool idea, but it's running around, and now we're in this really tight area together. And so I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to take the picture. And then I kind of walk out of the brush into another area, which has this. Which... It's so all, but that's like, it's babies. So it's like now I'm moving closer to just like my near-death experience. And just when this story originally started, Sarah was like somewhere and, and she walks up and I'm like, hey, I found the horses. And she runs over and I don't know where she'd been. I think she was still sleeping. Anyway, so I went to the restroom or something and the baby horse was laying down. So I come back out. I'm trying to round the story up. You got to hear this. So I come back out and the horse is laying down. She's like, dude, I just pet that baby horse. I was like, no way. She was like, yeah, do it, do it. So I go up to the horse and I get really close and my hand just like slightly brushes it. It takes off. She was like, bro, I did not touch that horse. I was like, dude, you set me up. She totally set me up there. And so the beginnings, they can have such expectations. They can have such anticipation, but the endings, they feel so rewarding, right? Once you accomplish something, it feels good. Like, what does it feel like winning a game? I I don't know, but I'm sure it feels good. (laughs) The Bible actually says in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, better is the ending of a thing than the beginning. But I want to stop in the middle. And I want to ask, who is God in the middle of your life? In mile seven, where the chacos are wearing thin on your feet, who is God in the middle? So we're going to look at the life of Samson. And I just got five points today that we're going to take away from his life. So we'll just jump right into it. Number one is he was destined for deliverance. This was like basically everything that was prophesied over his life. You know, he would deliver the people of God 
from the Philistines. Taylor's laughing at me. Stop making me self-conscious. All right. So this was his purpose. And I thought about this last night, and I really should have called it destined for purpose, because that would have been more for everyone. But unlike Samson, a lot of us don't think we have great beginnings. Maybe we don't think we're destined for a purpose. Maybe we were a mistake, we were an accident, and suddenly we've got this thought in our minds like, you know, I don't really have any purpose here. You know, I'm, I'm not really here on this earth for anything. But the scripture says, Jeremiah 29, 11, I have plans for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Another scripture says, from your mother's womb, I knit you together. In Ephesians 1, 4, it says, for he chose us in him before the beginning of creation. And so before the beginning of time, God had a plan for you. It doesn't matter how you got to this world, whether you were a mistake, an accident, whether you were on purpose, whether you were intentional, God already had a plan for you. And so Samson was designed for a purpose, and he was very familiar with his purpose. He was well aware. He walked in his purpose. But the thing with Samson is he also was distracted by weakness. You guys can write these down. It's okay. I think the youth kids did already, so I should have made up a new one. But they all start with D, so I had to be very strategic here. So he was distracted by weakness. So this is something where you kind of look at the story, and I think Delilah kind of gets a lot of the blame in this, right? You think of Samson, you're just immediately like, whoa, that girl Delilah, she was evil, man. Like, it was the girl. But little do we know that Samson had a very strong weakness. See, he was very in tune with God. He walked in his calling, but yet he had a weakness. Can anyone tell me what his weakness was? Women plural. (laughs) I don't know if that's the plural. Women's. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not that bad. And so we're going to look at another scripture here, and we're going to figure out just a little bit more about Samson. So if you want to flip back just two chapters, we're going to go to Judges 14. We're going to read one through three here. This is Samson's first marriage. (laughs) Samson went down to Timnah, and he saw there a young Philistine. Did I do it again? Is that right? Philistine woman. Okay. Man, I'm going to sound fun in this podcast. He returned, and he said to his father and mother, I have seen a young Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Man, young people, you need to make your parents do that. Mom, get me a husband. No, I'm just kidding. She's, She's ready. She was too ready. His father and mother replied, isn't there any acceptable woman among your relatives or among all of our people? In other words, Samson, do you have to go to the enemy? Why are you trying to marry the person that you're supposed to deliver our people from? Why are you doing that? And so let me ask you guys a question. If we're all well aware of Samson's weakness, if we can all acknowledge his own, Do you recognize your weakness? Can you look at your life and can you say, this is the area where I'm weak? You know, this is an area where when I'm tempted, I tend to be very weak here. We all have something. And so the thing was, Samson, he had to have been aware of his weakness 
But for some reason, he continued to flirt and to play with it. And just to take it a step farther, I didn't say this in first service, but if you look at those three things, he had three rules. Do you guys remember what they were without reading them here? Don't drink wine. Don't eat anything dead and don't cut your hair. So if he was not supposed to do these three things his entire life from birth to death, why in one chapter is he strolling through a vineyard? Why in another does he kill a lion and then days later when the lion has become a carcass, he reaches in and touches the lion to get the honey out. So why is he flirting and playing with the things God told him not to do? So I assume he was well aware of his weakness. So the thing is, just because you have a calling, it doesn't mean you won't have a weakness. Just because God's called you, God's chosen you, doesn't mean you're not going to experience any trials, any, any temptations, right? Anyone with me here? Do we have a church of perfect people? <laughs> okay, okay. So we, we should all experience temptations. But the thing is, Scripture says, when you are tempted, there will always be a way out. And so it has to be your choice to not step into it and to turn from it. And so Samson, he's provided a way out. It's pretty clear. His parents warn him. They provide him with godly counsel. Hey, son, that is our enemy. Could you pick from anyone else? And Samson, unfortunately, he's a little stubborn. Is anyone stubborn? (laughs) I see some hands. Okay. And so he picks his choice. And the thing is, you know, God will always allow us to make choices, but sometimes our choices have consequences. So he marries this young Philistine woman He says, you know, dad, that's the one I want. I want her. Let's do this. So they get married. They have the reception. You know, they've made this thing official. They do the Cupid shuffle on the dance floor. It's legit. They're married. (laughs) Hey, most popular wedding song. I kid you not. If I hear it one more time, I'm going to shoot a speaker. (laughs) I hate that song. (laughs) So he literally, he, he gets into bed with enemy, the enemy. He starts hanging out with the enemy. He's playing Catan with the enemy. Ticket to ride. Monopoly. Anyone, anyone relating to what I'm saying? Kelly. All right. I got the Crockett's on my side. They know their games. And so he's, he's flirting with the enemy. He's hanging out with the enemy. It doesn't make any sense because these are the people that are persecuting the people of God. Why is he hanging out with them? Why is he making friends with the enemy? And so Samson, he's big, he's anointed, and he knows it. So he starts to have some fun. And he says, he comes up with this riddle, and he's like, hey, if you can solve my riddle, I'll put some big stakes on it. And, you know, I'll make it a pretty sweet deal. But if you don't solve my riddle, you got to get me this. Long story short, it's like 30 pieces of clothes. Women, you like clothes. Okay, good deal. (laughs) So they come up with this riddle. And the Philistines, they can't figure out the riddle. And so... Samson thinks he's outsmarted them. He thinks he's won when all of a sudden his wife comes into the scene and and she starts playing these cards. She starts manipulating him a little like, hey, we're married. You should tell me this. You know, hey, you love me, don't you? Girls, you're all looking at me like crazy. Has the guy never said that to you? If you love me, just do this, right? Okay, okay, come on. You'll learn about it one day. And so... She starts kind of playing with this idea, you know, hey, Samson, would you just tell me this? He says to her, he starts out, he, he's defending it, and he goes, girl, I didn't even tell my mom and dad that. 
first sign. If you don't tell your mom and dad, don't tell your wife. No, I'm kidding. Having too much fun. I'm the only one. Is anyone having fun? (laughs) All right. And so he eventually tells her the secret. And since they know the answer to the riddle, he has to go get the 30 pieces of linen or clothing, whatever it was. So it says the spirit of God comes upon him and he goes and he takes out 30 men and he brings back their linens. He brings back their clothes. And here's the fun part. Samson is heartbroken now because his wife She betrayed him. She told the secret. And so the third point here, he's delusional by his damage. Has anyone ever been delusional by their pain? Parents of young people, when when your daughter or son get broken up with, it's just the end of the world. (laughs) There's no tomorrow. They're they're just delusional by their pain. Am I giving you guys a hard time? Okay. (laughs) I'll come up with one for the mom and dads out there. And so he's delusional by damage. And so I'd like to think he, he gets the ice cream out because this is what I do in a breakup. Gets the ice cream out, starts watching the notebook, maybe the Titanic, whatever, whatever is your preference. And, he, you know, he thought it was love, but it goes as far to say in Judges fourteen nineteen, Samson's bride becomes the wife of the best man at his wedding. Whew. So there was no dibs in the Old Testament. Samson called her, but hey, best man was looking at her. Gotcha. So Samson was damaged, and he goes back home. He moves in with mom and dad, goes back to their basement, starts playing Fortnite, (laughs) killing some people, eating some wings, because that's what you do through a breakup. And now he's advanced to the movie P.S. I Love You, so he's like killing some people, crying a little, killing some people, crying... (laughs) Don't kill people in games, guys. It's not fun. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's healing, right? And so he's delusional by his damage. And so let me tell you this before we move on. If you cannot heal from what hurts you, what has hurt you will eventually kill you. And so that speaks such volume. Sometimes when people are hurt, they live in their pain. They live in it so much to where they don't see anything else. And so you cannot make decisions based on your pain. And so Samson, his weakness has kind of come to light, which is women. Okay, we still got some of you. So the enemy, the Philistines, they realize this and they find a woman. Her name's Delilah and her weakness is not strong, young Israelite boys. What's her weakness? Money. She liked the money. She liked the green. And so Delilah, let me, let me tell you guys this. This is how bad this story is. It's so in front of his face right here. Delilah's name literally means weakness. He's literally, he's putting himself out there. Her name is literally weakness. The homeboy should have seen the signs. Am I right? <laughs> if I want to go a step farther, it says that the tribe she's from is actually, you know, something about grapes. So what is he not supposed to drink? So he's just kind of playing with his sin. So her weakness is money. So they pay her a large amount to lure Samson in and find out the key to his strength. So Samson, he has not had time to heal, and he immediately goes into a new relationship. Never a good idea. Am I right? Am I hitting too many things today? (laughs) 
Don't just jump into a new thing. And so she tries to find his secret, and she's persistent. She doesn't just ask him once. She asks him time and time again, Samson, what is the key to your strength? I've got to know what it is. And so in exhaustion, he finally gives it up, and it's his hair. And so the Philistines, they come to shave it off, and the seven locks are cut. And so we hear from the story. I'm going to kind of summarize just for time today. But he wakes up and he realizes that the spirit of God has left him. So now he's blind, bound, and bald. Should have made that my title because that's way cooler. And (laughs) he's stuck in this new state. So number four, he's disabled by regret. I'm going to read what happens here in just a minute. All right. So he's pacing the cell. He realizes what he's done. And the Philistines, they bring him out and they make a mockery of him. Right? I just saw the movie. What's it called? Where all the, let me think here. Is it A Quiet Place? Not doing a good job. Anybody like that movie? Right? It's so good. And so they're taunting him. And um, let's see here. Okay, so it's kind of the opposite of the movie, a quiet thing, because in the show, you guys help me explain it here, there's these, like, what are they, aliens, monsters? Monsters? So they cannot see, so they have to go by sound. And so this is kind of like Samson, but in the opposite, he's not really a monster, so they're kind of taunting him, I assume. Like, if your enemy was finally bound, you'd probably be getting up in his face, you'd be, hey, This is the guy that was supposed to kill us. This is the guy that was supposed to take us out. And he eventually, you know, he's up there and he's kind of worthless, right? And I'm, I'm sure they're looking at him and they're thinking, Samson, you know, you're such a joke. This is the person that was supposed to redeem the people of God. And in the last blow, here's what happens with Samson. Number five, he was driven to redemption. He realizes his mistake, and he knows who God is, and as long as he's alive, he's going to do something about it. So this is my favorite point out of all of them. I think this is something we need to get as a church, but we need to be driven to redemption. You guys know what that means? So this was a legend of faith. This is the guy that, you know, he's made a mistake But this is how his ending goes. The reason why Samson is so legendary is he realizes that though he's made mistakes, though he's lived in things, it's never too late. And so they've taken out his eyes, they've taken his hair, they've taken everything away from him, the person that was supposed to deliver the people of God, and they say, you know, (laughs) I'm sure they're, they're taunting him, and here's Samson's response we're going to finish out in Judges 16, 28. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, please, God, and strengthen me just one more blow, and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one and his left hand on another. He said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all of his might, and down came the temple on the rulers. Thus he killed many more 
when he died than when he lived. Excuse me if I can talk here at the end. And so this is his ending. This is how he goes out. And there's something I've realized about Samson that I don't want to happen in my own personal life. Samson has a great beginning and he has an even better ending. But if you notice that last line there, it says Samson did more in his death than he did when he lived. And that's something I've realized that I don't want to do in my life. I don't want to be the person who knows God's put stuff in my life where I'm supposed to be talented. I'm supposed to be empowered. And I don't want to skip over it and wait till the end of my life. Is anybody with me? You guys all want to, everybody want to die with their one last thing? Raise your hand if you just want to do one big thing. So you want to do a little bit more with your life, right? You want to have some more victories. And so worship team, if you guys want to go ahead and start making your way up here. The only difference between Samson and us is Jesus. And so we are destined to be somebody. I'm going to read over these five points here as we close, and I'm going to tell you how these five points are made complete through Jesus. So number one, we are destined to be somebody. Scripture says that now since we have Jesus, we can do even greater things than Jesus. So we're destined to be somebody, no matter how we got here, what our plan was. Number two, we can't be distracted by weaknesses because when we are weak, Christ is strong. You know, it's, it's more than that, though. Scripture also says we have a great high priest who doesn't just look at our sin and our struggles and say, hey, why are you doing that? It says he sympathizes. He understands our weaknesses. Number four, delusion by damage. And maybe you guys can't see past your pain here today. But we have a God that didn't just come to heal us physically. He also came to heal us emotionally. So the two scriptures I have for that says Jesus came to bind the brokenhearted. He wants to help you internally, but also externally, emotionally and physically, because by his stripes we are healed. You might be disabled by regret. You know, you might have a lot of mistakes in your life that you, you can't see past and you think maybe, you know, God will never use me because I've got this going on in my life. You know, God will never <laughs> deal with someone like me because I've, I've messed with this, I've played with this, and I can never be in a position where God wants to do something with my life. Have you guys ever read the Bible? God takes people that were terrible, people that used to murder people. Like there's some bad people in there. And so God wants to use you. He just wants to deal with your sin. And so our sin, it can be washed as white as snow. It can be as far as the east is from the west. And so the last point here, this is my favorite one, like I said, determined for redemption. So I want to ask you guys as we close out here today, what did you lose? In other words, what is something Satan has taken from you? And, and maybe you've went along with it. Maybe you've acted like it wasn't a big deal. Maybe he messed with your family and you didn't care. You know, and maybe, maybe he picked on you personally. Maybe he took a job. Maybe he's messing with your finances. He's in different places in your life and he's just, he's having a heyday. Anyone ever experienced stuff like this? <laughs> so 
the thing is, I think so much of us, you know, we're, we're so used to playing the defense side. It's time to go on offense. It's time to get redemption. It's time to say, you know, hey, Satan, you don't have any authority. You might be messing with my family, but you can't mess with us anymore. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back what you took from me. You're messing with my son. I'm, I'm going to work even harder to take that back. Is anybody with me? So we need to be determined for redemption. And these are all things we can do through Christ. And so just like Samson, it's never too late. And today can be your day. So these are my five things. And just, you guys kind of know what's going on in your life. So if you're just dealing with anything in here today, I'm going to have Jojo come up on one side. And Taylor, I'm also going to have you come up. And Pastor Larry, if you'd like to, I just invite a bunch of people. Everybody just come up. It's good. So, but we would love to pray with you guys today. If you're just dealing with anything in your life or you've never made the decision to ask Jesus as Lord of your life, because that's the one thing that none of these other things will come into place until you've asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. And so just if you're dealing with any of this, please come today.